WBNE. Adios! Before we get started today, we just wanted to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be. We want to make more podcasts for you. I'm talking about free, real podcasts for you, like podcasts. I want to produce more podcasts for more creators. I want I want to be the king of the podcasts, the pod king, but not in like a filthy monarch kind of way. No, no, no. In like a benevolent monarch of the people kind of way. I don't want to be king anymore, but I do want to make more podcasts. That would be a lot of fun. How cool would that be? Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode and want more bacon and eggs and want more podcasts from the WBNE network, I'm going to need you to go to www.worldwideweb.com. Nope. <laughs> gotcha. You weren't paying attention. Worldwideweb.patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out all the awesome rewards here we have over there. If you listened earlier this week on Monday to our Hash Browns episode that we released, we're doing an entire series on D&D called Ragnarok uh, in our uh, on, at the $5 tier. And if you've been enjoying that or if you've listened to it or if you liked the first episode, there is a little bit more that's available now and many more to come. And I think you'll enjoy it. So just like, I don't know, for your old pal Tyler, just go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out all the great reward tiers we have over there. Uh, and I, I, I hope to see you in our Discord server. I hope you listen to all the bonus content we put out. And uh, yeah, thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening. Howdy! Hoax, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're becoming superheroes. Or maybe we're just repurposing a healthcare robot. So avenge the death of your brother. And do, do the fist thing. Because today we're bringing you Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. Yokes. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry for Tyler's insufferable howdy yokes today. <laughs> you did two in a row that were just <laughs> harmful. <laughs> oh, man. What is going on? Dude, I don't know. Life has been chaotic lately. I don't know if you know. I, we talked about whether or not we were going to talk about this, but now I want to talk about it anyway. I don't know if you know this, Ethan. We have been plagued with technical support issues. Yeah. That's me knocking on wood that you hear just now. Yeah. Uh, thanks for bearing with us, everybody. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. And what else? Oh, I'm sorry I lost my audio. Yeah, As, and I put up the wrong episode, and, and then, it was late before that. Or no, that was late <laughs> to the party that was late. Well, that one's supposed to be late. That's like the whole shtick. Yeah, it's just, it was a bad week and a half for me doing these. Well, I didn't, I didn't lose Tyler's audio, but... I lost Tyler's audio. It was a weird, yeah, it's been a weird time. We're, we're hopefully back to normal by now. This, is, this episode should come out as planned on Thursday. Well, anyway, Big Hero 6, directed by Don Hall and Chris Williams, came out November 7th, 2014, which was 2013 days ago, which is a really neat number. What a neato burrito thing. Uh, is that an, a Red Bull? It is a watermelon Red Bull, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, the other day, delicious. The other day, we had to go into Target to pick up a few things, Um, which I didn't... I mean, you didn't have to. Well, okay. <laughs> we did go in, and it was packed, and I was very scared, and I hated it. Uh, But we did go in, 
and I bought a uh, monster energy drink in the checkout yeah. line. That's the first one I'd had since like the COVID. <laughs> since since the thing hit. Since, since the yeah. everything that's going on in these trying times. <laughs> Holy crap, man. Energy drinks are very delicious. Yeah, you should try the uh, water, Red Bull Summer Edition Watermelon. Uh, they had them at Kroger, like on the shelf, and I bought like eight Oh, you of didn't them. have to go. To Kroger, yeah, I did. They don't do contactless delivery where you are? No. Oh, they do for me. Delivery? Kroger's and deliver? Oh, yeah. Clickless delivery. Oh, well. That barking. I, I mean, I, 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 like, I, my trip to Kroger is more worthwhile than your trip to Target. We went to get groceries. Groceries at they didn't You don't have, have to get ta- groceries at Target. Well, they didn't have the grocery I wanted on the Kroger click list that I ordered. Target should not be open right now, but that's a different topic. Um, anyway, I gotta let this dog in one moment. We're gonna get through this begin this intro. Big Hero Six is directed by Don Hall and Chris Williams, released November seventh, two thousand fourteen, which is two thousand thirteen days ago. Isn't that a neat fact? Released on a one hundred sixty-five million dollar budget, budget and made six hundred fifty-seven point eight million dollars worldwide. worldwide. It got, a, got an eighty-nine percent critic rating on and a ninety-one percent and a ninety-one percent audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and, and a, a seventy-four on, on Metacritic. Uh, Hold on, let's read the positive and negative reviews together at the same time. Three, two, one. You don't have a positive review. Ready. No, yeah, obviously not. Yeah, no chance. Not. Big Hero 6, uh, Alistair Ryder. I picked this one because this dude's name was Alistair. But Alistair Ryder of Cinemole, or perhaps Cinemole? Cinemole. Cinemole. Alistair Ryder of Cinemole, uh, which I've decided is my new favorite uh, sauce to go in enchiladas, says, Big Hero 6 feels like it's ma- been made by committee. That's it? That's all they say, yeah. Hmm. Where did you find that review? What do you mean? I'm looking under the, the first page. Huh. I, I, I always forget to click on the rotten thing, and I just click all reviews and it was the it's the first page oh okay well no need to get upset i'm not upset i just picked it because the person's name was alistair sergio benitez says 102 minutes of perpetual amazement that greatly complicated the choice of the best animation film of 2014 full review in spanish i i felt every minute of that 102 minutes i'll be honest with you you thought it was long this is a long one yeah compared to most of these uh, disney and slash or pixar movies this one felt long. Like, it probably was only about 10 minutes too long, but I felt it, especially with a full, like, because I know there's an after credit scene that's worthwhile in this one because it's a Marvel movie. Um, No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not like Marvel Studios. I mean, it's a Marvel movie. It's got a Stan Lee cameo. That's the after credit scene. Oh, is it? I didn't stick around for that. I didn't bother. How do you not know this? Because <laughs> Stan Lee's Fred's dad. That's his cameo. No, he actually is in the movie as Fred's dad in the post credit scene. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. He comes in and it's like, I wear my underwear the same way, Fred. I got a lot to tell you, kid. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? I have seen this. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a Marvel property. I know the. it is like a comic series, right? Yeah. I tell you what, man. <sighs> I actually thought it, it. So I had to watch it in two pieces. So that to me, like always means to me that there's a pacing problem, which it happens a lot. I have very high pacing standards. It takes a lot for me to sit down and watch a movie front to back. Or a little, like a 90-minute film. Uh, but there is a disconnect here. There's a moment where it, like, stops and then and then picks up again. Like, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then it, like, it just drops dead. And that moment is when they lose the first time. Not the first time, the second time. When they hmm, when they don't work as a team and they lose. Unlike yeah. the, that is when it, like, uh, and then it's like, yeah, chugga, 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 you know. It's only 10 minutes too long, but like it, it's, a, it's a long 10 minutes. Yes. I don't know. This is probably as cold as I've ever been on this movie. 
Really? I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, not a long time. I mean, it hasn't really been out like a long time, but I haven't seen it in a good while. Probably since 2015, honestly. I can't it was believe one it's of those 2014. Things that, like, I, I, I rented it, it when it came out, and uh, like I didn't see it in theaters. I rented it when it came out on Redbox, and I was like, oh, that was really good. I really enjoyed that, and then just kind of put it away forever. Right. You just had this like forever memory of like, yeah, I, I liked that. Yeah. And then today I was like, man, this is not as great as I remember it. Hmm. It's just, it's like, it is... It pulled on my heartstrings. Did it pull on your heartstrings? Not really. No, Tadashi's death didn't get you. Every time Tadashi was on the screen, I shed a tear. I mean, I, I guess, like, there's so much less rewatchability in this one for me compared to especially most of these these uh disney and pixar movies is that like this one is particularly heavy-handed and predictable so you you said that you even first time around didn't yeah, feel like i never the thought that alistair alistair was going to be the villain but i also don't think that they do a good job with the setup and the reveal you only get like one scene with the supposed yeah. big bad where he shows I up think, and i feel like if you were somebody that watched this movie and they ripped the mask off and you're like who is that you'd be perfectly justified oh i definitely felt that way the first time around because yeah. there's there's so few characters but there's also so many characters it's like a right. lot to keep up with and not enough at the same time like right, i could, like we get almost no development from the team oh yeah that actually drives me crazy that like you don't learn anything about honey lemon or wasabi or fred or any of them right I you learn say, that fred's rich you learn that fred's rich i will say i was and I hate that I feel this way, but TJ Miller did turn in a solid performance on this one as Fred. Yeah, I had the same I had the same feeling that I was like, stop making me like TJ Miller. <laughs> he did so good. Uh, and I actually know that like in previous viewings of this film, I've been pretty cold on Fred because I just feel like it's this predictably stupid character. And it's just, I don't know, it just feels tired. Uh. He's actually not as stupid as they try to give him credit for, is the thing. Like, I think that's the one thing they kind of pull off in this movie. Is that he actually has a decent skill yeah, set. Yeah, like he's... Yeah, he's not useless, and he, like he's also not just necessarily the money. Right, he but is. He's not. He's not as smart as the rest of them, but he would probably still be the smartest person in most rooms. I love what it is. I love. I love the the message that they're sending. That I feel like there's two ways to interpret it. Hiro learns that it's not enough to just be the smartest person in the room. Like it's important to properly apply that knowledge and apply yourself creatively so that you can apply your smarts to create something that will improve the world. Right. And like, that's an important lesson for here to have to learn because he was never going to be anything. He was going to be a bot fighter. Right. And that never to me in previous viewings seemed like the lowest rung of being the smartest person. It seemed like, I, I mean, I guess obviously it's not, but in my brain it was like, yeah, that's a perfectly acceptable career path. Right. <laughs> but this time around, it was much more like, okay, no, you can exist in the CD underbelly and, and participate in crime, or you can really apply your knowledge because you, are smarter than all the kids in this school but yeah. they are all applying their knowledge better than you are yeah this one just has a lot of issues with setups even in the bot fighting thing is like that's not and i get that it's again it's like a disney movie and you sort of have to like heavy hand the hustle heavy hand the hustle yeah because that's not how you hustle no like and he gets caught for it but like you wouldn't think that hero who's like a bot fight hustler would be caught that easily i right. guess that there's just, there's so many places where they pull the believability away from me a little bit. Right, you'd make um, it close twice. Yeah, you you would you would almost get beaten. I mean, you would get beaten by a very narrow margin the first time. And then you would win by a narrow And then go, whoa, hold on, I want a second shot. And, and Yamo would be like, all right, cool, let me take your money a second time. And then win closely, you know, win the, the way... This, 
bacon and eggs guide to hustling. But I mean, this is like a, this is a thing. Like, oh, I know, I know. This is knowledge that I don't, I don't hustle people at anything. I'm not good enough at anything to hustle anybody <laughs> in anything. Yeah. I'll I couldn't go in. into a pool hall right now and win a dollar. Like, no, yeah, I would lose. I would like get into the match where somebody's trying to hustle me and I would like lose like badly. Like right. they would it's just like, win their money would the never first be, time. I would never be the guy the shark's going up against, let alone the shark. Right. <laughs> Maybe uh, at like an air hockey table. I've always had a particular I would never trust my skills in air hockey. I've always had a particular penchant for for air hockey. Isn't that panchant? I, I think it's it's penchant. Panchant. Penchant. No, I think pen, pan panchant is a pokemon, right? Pancham. Pancham. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's a fighting dark panda. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool Pokemon. So yeah, it's not Bacon and Egg's Guide to Hustling. It's just like, there's several times where that believe it. So what you have here is this is a good mix of like, this is this is directly down the middle between Spider-Man and like the Incredibles. Spider-Man what? Just the whole the whole Spider-Man sort of universe. What yeah, what you have here is it it's like a combination of um like an alternate universe Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1 combined in some weird way with the uh, Amazing Spider-Man one. So you have a, a world in which Norman Osborn is not the bad guy, but kind of seems like it. But Richard Connors still is the bad guy. Yes. But you also have this this element because there's the, the whole element that they bring in from from the it 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 feels it shares a lot of the same headspace of the Incredibles for me. Where you have this like they have to win as a team kind of thing, and and you know the Avengers as well that kind of thing. But it, it felt more to me in this maybe it's just because it's animated felt more in the Incredibles vein to me. No, I agree. This actually to me, uh, I think you're on something with the spider-man thing but this to me feels like it feels like a screen test for spider-verse which i know it's not because spider-verse is a sony non-disney oh it 100 percent, yeah it 100 percent feels like a but, but a, like, like a, there like a, are like a proving ground for spider-verse yeah yeah there are like shots that are like pulled directly from spider-verse i mean obviously the animation style is different but they do test and play with a lot of stuff a lot of it is shot like in daylight or in or in well-lit dark areas um but there are scenes where they like play with the like dark animation which i feel like spider-verse does so so well um, right which this did fine I, I didn't think it you know did poorly in any regard but then i like what you said it, it also crosses with incredibles i where do you land on the microbots because if hero doesn't bring the microbots to the school then like what is he supposed to be like would he have just put off when he does this until like a student shows up with a, a creation he feels worth stealing for his supervillain plan like what's the mentality here I mean, I think, yeah, on some level, he was just kind of biding time. How much time do you think has passed since the initial test and now? It's hard to tell because nobody seems to have aged. But everybody would have was, was like pretty young. I mean, like pretty much adult when that had happened anyway, you know? Right. But it, it's not like, that's what it says. It's not like 30 years. No, no. It, it, it has been within the past two or three years. And and I guess there's some, like, the, the reason it sort of reminds me of the Incredibles is because they do lose that fight on, like, the weird island. Yes, and Bob loses a fight on the island. Yeah, so it, it shares a lot of, like, the creative space there. And always, I mean, the Incredibles is the quintessential, like, you know, Batman-type plot where like oh it's not who you think it is the whole time who did you think it was in the incredibles if not syndrome i mean they they try to pull it over on you i don't again i don't think they succeed maybe to children i mean i i think there is a moment of i'm your biggest fan where you're like oh that's the guy from the beginning but there is nobody else that i think is doing this to him right it's not, but I, I i would have thought it is either a brand new villain or well, yeah i think that's what they were trying to sell you on yeah 
But like in the in the in the Marvel movies, there's not usually exception to some of the Iron Man ones. There's not usually like a oh man, it's not who you thought it was the whole time. Mysterio, maybe. But like in Age of Ultron, you pretty well know who Ultron is. It's James Spader. You don't know if uh, Vision is going to be a bad guy. Yeah, you don't know. Um, you know Loki's a bad guy. You don't know about Justin Hammer. You don't know about. Um, Aldrich Killian. Is Justin Hammer a bad guy? Yeah, Justin Hammer, like, hired Mickey Rourke, right? Yeah, he did, but he also designed the suit that, like, until the end of the series thus far, War Machine wears. I don't know. Whatever. Aldrich Killian, truthfully, is the one I was thinking of, the Mandarin. Oh, yeah, 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 with the, um, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley and Guy Pierce. Oh, we should do Iron Man 3 again. That, to this day, I think is the episode that you and I got into it the most. I feel like, honestly, on Iron Man 3, I don't know if you you turned me or I, or if uh, my own brain kind of kicked into gear. Maybe I'll give you that credit. I don't know. Iron Man 3 is underrated. Yeah, 100%. I haven't, again, I haven't listened to the episode. I just remember like that was the one that we like fought. I would never fight with you. Like it got like heavy. Um, yeah, so I, I, again, but I, I do think this is a, a very Spider-Man type story, even though it's not a Spider-Man story. Like you could substitute Spider-Man for the whole team. No, I don't think so. I think Hero is important here. And the question is like Spider-Man always comes down to Peter Parker battling with am I Spider-Man or am I Peter Parker? And that's like the arc across all films. And like with what they chose to do with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was say Tom Holland will always choose to be Spider-Man over Peter Parker. Always. Right. Because he has an obligation to the person he most respects to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was an interesting move because that was like the whole arc of Spider-Man 1 through 3. And he does it, right? Like every opportunity he gets, if there's a way to be Spider-Man, he's Spider-Man. Even, Whereas even given Peter Parker, like, Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker was always trying to get back to being Peter Parker. Right. He wanted his spider powers. That sounds weird. But he, he wanted his Spider-Man powers to be able to benefit him in his personal life. Yeah. And then the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans were, were just badly written. I honestly have no idea no idea what those movies are about. I know I've seen them. I know the second one has uh, Jamie Foxx as Electro or something yeah uh, like discount dr manhattan and uh that is literally i know that he falls into it like a, a vat of eels to get those powers and that's all i know yeah <laughs> gwen stacy dies I, oh yeah i know that <laughs> yeah i know that that's my gwen yeah. stacy death noise yeah um so no I, and i, I don't want to just like sit here and poop on this movie by any means it was it was fun to watch i had a perfectly enjoyable time watching it but i did get like bored. It's like, I, I have not seen this movie since probably, like I said, probably 2015, but it was not, it was immediately like, there was no rewatchability to it for me. There was no like, oh man, I'm lost in thinking about like, this isn't what I think it is, you know? Right. Oh, that's an interesting way to think about it. I don't think about things the same way you do. What do you mean? Like, I I mean, I guess I do get lost in things, but like, I don't think about, I don't know, the way that you said that, like getting lost in it and like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all caught up in the story. I guess I just don't have that experience very often watching a movie. But like, even if, the, even when there's twisty movies that I know what's going to happen usually there's some level of like there's some level of forgetting that goes on between me watching it that allows me to like enjoy it again the second time so you're saying that you knew like every beat before it happened pretty basically much. yeah like as soon as i clocked in and, and and we got into like where the story was going like as soon as we met dr callahan i was like oh yeah that's the big bad yeah okay his daughter like gets caught in the in the portal i thought it was his wife that was a detail that uh upon revisiting i was like mm, i'm pretty sure it well was i mean his wife. i don't know that i don't know that i thought about it like the necessary familial relationship of the victim. Like, I don't know that I ever formulated the thought into like words that way. Right. But it was like, oh, he's the guy that lost the thing. This is right, not right, about right. 
corporate greed. And I and I truthfully, I think they do a bad job in that scene. If if what they're trying to go for is setting it up so that um Alistair Cray appears to be the bad guy. Because he comes in and he's just like, Hero, I would love to buy your thing. Like, I really think it could benefit Kraytech. And then Robert Callahan comes up and is like, screw Alistair Cray. This guy's gonna murder your invention. Yeah. And I was like, you're the bad guy here. Right, like, you're the, yeah. Hero does not need your school. <laughs> Like, I never didn't trust Alistair Cray, I guess. And maybe right. that's just, again, like, I texted you and I was like, they would never make Alan Tudyk play a bad guy. That's true. There is a moment where he does do a bad thing, and it is a Spider-Man 3 freaking moment. Where his technician's like, oh, there's an anomaly in the in the, the field. And he's like, nah, it's probably just a bird. Don't worry about it. Yeah, again, like, there's so many things borrowed from just the, the general Spider-Man vibe. Like, Robert Callahan with the microbots could be a Spider-Man villain. And, his name's and, Sandman. And Alistair Cray makes sense as his like diversionary piece this honestly the only thing this made me want to do is rewatch spider-verse and spider-man far from home spider-verse is so good spider-verse is so good so is spider-man far from home no I so is spider-man homecoming i wanted to rewatch far from home though because like i feel like we might have been too harsh with it like for the first time since i saw it i've wanted to rewatch it because i wanted to i wanted to feel jake gyllenhaal as mysterio again i feel like the weird thing with jake gyllenhaal and mysterio bringing that up is like everybody knows Mysterio was a villain. I don't think I knew what his power set was, but I definitely knew that Mysterio was a bad guy. Man, you are... The, the amount of privilege with which that statement comes from that everybody knows Mysterio is a villain. You 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 pissed me off the whole time we were doing in the run up to Far From Home about this and the episode where you're just like, I mean, it's Mysterio, man. Like everybody knows Mysterio. I didn't know anything about Mysterio. What do you mean you don't know Mysterio? You never played like Spider-Man? No, no. Really? Played what Spider-Man? Like the PlayStation game? Yeah. The new one? I don't think he's in the new, is he? I, I didn't, if, if the only Spider-Man game I have played was Spider-Man 2. I mean, obviously I played the new one. Um, I believe he's in Spider-Man 2, isn't he? He probably is, but it has been since 2002. <laughs> I was nine. <laughs> yeah, I'm Not pretty sure whatever. It. 2004, whatever year it was the game came out. I was 11. Like, I don't remember that. Yes. So Mysterio is the guy that summoned is... the aliens in the Statue of Liberty, right? Mysterio, uh, Scott Nicewander has a really good video about this, if I'm not mistaken. He's a big Mysterio guy. So I think he I'm does. sure he is. Yeah. Uh, basically, what made Scott love Mysterio, I think, if I recall correctly, <coughs> gosh, this cough was the Spider-Man 2 video game. You like the Mysterio boss challenge was that you had to do all of these like incredibly challenging, like like challenging to this day, uh, yeah. like mini games and like time jumps and everything. And then yeah. you do all this stuff and finally you get to Mysterio and his health bar would fill like three times. You remember you remember games like that where like they I do. didn't want to give you like three health bars or, or anything. They would just fill it three times. So they so you go and you finally get to Mysterio and he dies in one hit. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I can because I can uh, hold on. Spider-Man 2 video game Mysterio. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I super didn't beat those challenges. <laughs> That's the problem. Okay, so this is where it ends. This is where it ends. Spider-Man 2, the video game, came out like June 2004. I was 11 years old. Okay. Okay, I just turned 11 years old. For the PlayStation 2, I was bad at the game, man. I was a bad video game player. And I stopped and restarted Spider-Man 2 so many times because I couldn't beat the dang thing. Because I couldn't beat Mysterio's stupid challenges. On the topic of... And, and, and you know what? That was 14 years before, or 12 years before, or whatever. Yeah, 14 years before uh, Spider-Man Far From Home came out. I didn't remember 15 years before. When did Spider-Man Far From Home come out? Last year? I have no idea. 
Last year, yeah, last summer. 15 years later. You're, I'm supposed to remember Mysterio from that video game that I hated? Yeah, yeah. You're, you, I would think if you know Spider-Man villains, you know. I never claimed to know Spider-Man villains. That was the thing is you, you came at this with this such like, oh, everybody knows everything about Mysterio and Spider-Man villains. And like Mysterio was not in Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2 or Far From Home. I mean, a homecoming. That's true. But I just so I know a lot about I know a lot of Spider-Man villains. But if it's not Norman Osborn, I don't know the backstory. <laughs> I would have thought I would have thought people know Mysterio like people know Iceman or or what's his name, Mister Freeze. That's his name. Uh, or the Penguin. You know, I I just thought that was like in the what's it called a Rose Gallery now because they were in <laughs> movies. <laughs> Uh, they know like, Mysterio now because he was in a movie. He was in a major motion picture from Marvel. You know, it's so funny. I had the same feeling. The feeling you have about uh, Mysterio is exactly the same feeling I had about the Winter Soldier. Uh, I like I've played video games and I'm aware of the Winter Soldier being a bad guy. I know that his name is Bucky Barnes. I knew all of this. I went in to see the Winter Soldier and I was like, oh, my God, it's Bucky. No way. Like, genuinely, yeah, so I like, saw shocked. I like, I never played Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It wasn't my in my wheelhouse. It just wasn't my thing. Never played that video game. I didn't care about Spider- or Superman movies or comic superhero movies or comic book movies or anything until, like, really until the MCU got fully up and running. Right. It just wasn't my thing. Like, I I, I wore out the tape on Batman Forever. I could tell you about the Riddler and about Tommy, J Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. But, like... Oh, speaking of those, I'm pretty soon going to be on a podcast talking about Batman and Robin. I'm so sorry to those those lovely podcast hosts I'm making watch this movie. Batman and Robin's great. It's the one with the nipples. Yeah. It's so bad. Nah, man. Chris O'Donnell is Robin. Good times. George Clooney Batman, man. He was garbage. Ah, rubber lips. But, like, so, yeah, I was not, I did not play Ultimate Alliance. I never read the comic books. Like, none of the, I didn't know who Iron Man was, man. When, when, when I watched, it, it, you know, Tony Stark on screen, I, that was a Black Sabbath song from Guitar Hero to me. That was it. I think I had the same feeling. And I played Ultimate Alliance, and he's like a main character in that game. And I have felt um, like that about every single one. Everything that's happened in the MCU. All of it. That's lucky for you. The only thing I could have told you about the MCU as it has happened was Hulk. You could have told me about Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross? No. I could have told you about <laughs> Bruce Banner. That's it. I could have told you about Bruce Banner, played by Lou Ferrigno. I could have told you about the purple, I mean, yeah, the purple shorts. That was about it. He knew who Peter Parker was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Spider-Man for a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you know who Peter Parker is. But I didn't know who, I didn't know who Vulture was. Um, Vulture was very early in the comics, like super, super early. I knew about the idea of Captain America, like I'd heard the name. Yeah, I was pretty uh, cold on Captain America as well. I knew that he carried a shield and not like any other weapon. In fact, I knew when I saw the first Captain America movie, they bust through a door and he's got a gun in one hand. And I knew that that felt wrong. I knew about Thor and Loki, the Norse gods. I I'd not. read a book on like Norse mythology. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know anything about Norse mythology i knew quite a bit yeah I, I read this huge book uh when i was like 14 about norse mythology i don't know why it's but I did. very interesting stuff it's good stuff it is but it was a very boring book oh, it was not norse mythology by neil gaiman that's also a very boring book no it's not excellent I fall, book i've fallen asleep to norse mythology by neil gaiman but yeah neil gaiman would make an excellent asm artist <laughs> i think he just does I, I don't think he has to ask i think he's just part of that because he he reads the books he reads that book specifically and just like is such 
a like smooth. What are you doing? I mean, what am I doing? You just keep looking up and like on the TV, and on it there was playing Big Hero Six. It is extremely distracting. <laughs> To watch you on Skype <laughs> watching a movie. I'm not like watching. I um, honestly, I forgot it was playing. And then I looked up and it had stopped playing. So I clicked so, play. Anyway, Big Hero 6. Yeah, it, it, it's by no means a bad movie. But I think that like this doesn't compare to what to everything that Disney has done since this came out. So 2014, where were we in the MCU when this came out? Um... <laughs> MCU movies. Phase two, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Age um, of Ultron came out in 2015. So we would have been like dead in the center of phase two. So I can actually see myself watching this the movie. The most recent one that came out was Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, that was excellent. But it didn't feel like the MCU, right? It didn't connect to the, I also didn't the rest like of it. it in any way. You like it now. I like it now. I didn't like it when I saw it. And I, I definitely didn't like the Winter Soldier. So yeah, so, so the, the last good movie were... that the MC, the last good ca comic book movie to me that had come out when that when I saw this was Iron Man three or the Avengers. Uh, I loved Iron Man three when it came out. In the middle of May, you weren't like, oh, or in April, you weren't like, oh, this is kind of Christmassy. I I did remember thinking it was a weird <laughs> Christmas movie. I remember liking the kid. I, I do remember leaving. The I remember theater. the giant the giant bunny that he gives her. I remember leaving the theater and being like, I really liked the kid. I hope that kid is in all the movies now. And I, I still remember. I still I like the kids acting to this I think, day. I think in my mind I was like, there's gonna be a lot more Iron Man movies like titled Iron Man, and then there weren't any more of them. There weren't any more of them, yeah. They got called something different. They got called Captain America Civil War and Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> and and then most notably Avengers uh, um, Infinity War and Endgame. So yeah, the, in 2014, um, Disney had not put out a Star Wars movie. No. Um, they had not put out most of the best, most of my favorite MCU movies. What about, uh, what does Disney make? What was, what was going on at Pixar around this time? Uh, Inside Out came out, I believe, several months later. Inside Out was very good. Um, I had not come around on Frozen yet. Inside Out would have been like the same month, right? When did this come out? Oh no, sorry. Inside Out would have been earlier in the year. Earlier. This came out in November. Inside Out was June. June 2015. Oh, you're right. You're right. A little bit later the next year. Uh, yeah. Monsters University was the last film from them. And which prior I didn't to that, watch. Brave, which I didn't care for. Cars 2 prior to that, uh, yeah. which I which was bad. And then Toy Story 3, probably the worst film in the Pixar franchise. Um. Um, yeah, but that was so long ago at that point. Oh, yeah. Toy Story 3 would have been while we were in high school. Yeah. And this would have come out like junior late year. into our junior year. Yeah. yeah. Or early in our junior year of college. A lot happened between then. We went from like uber band geek to like true frat bro. We were like in the thick of it when this came out. Yeah. I think I, I, I rented this on Redbox while you were gone for the weekend and watched it in uh, Rappahannock. I would move back into that hall. I know we talked about this, like, I think no, last No, sorry, week. we'd have been living in Port, senior year. We'd have been living in Port. Yeah, it was, it was definitely Port. Yeah, okay. I'm not crazy. I would have thought Port, because it, it was best. Yeah, senior year, not junior year. Senior year. My senior year. It was also my senior year. I would have been about to drop out of school when Yeah, this I definitely out. didn't see it until the spring. But, oh, yeah, then I would have been back. Yeah, because I believe I rented it around the same time that I, like, went on a Redbox binge and rented, like, Whiplash and Interstellar and Birdman. All really good films. Yeah, but I just think everything that Disney has done since this has just been on such a higher caliber. And this was, when I saw this, this was the most checked out I've probably ever been on Disney movies. Because I remember seeing this and been like, was that a Pixar movie? And now I watched <laughs> it today and I was like, what the hell was I thinking? Oh, this is definitely not The Incredibles. I can tell you that. No, it doesn't look anything like Pixar. No. It looks like Tangled. It does look like Tangled. When, hold on, what's the Disney animation track? 
since 2010. Uh, Frozen had come out before this. Frozen is so good. But I, I didn't watch Frozen. I, I I watched Frozen once. I didn't like Frozen until after I saw this. Uh, yeah, I was in the... I mean, I liked Frozen right when I first saw it. I know that. Uh, Frozen had come out a while before. I was a year yeah. prior to this. I just didn't care. Well, like, I, I saw Frozen that spring, um, early 2014. I just didn't care. Like, I was in, I was in immediately. I knew that because, like, I remember our fraternity brother, Connor, told us that him and his fiance's song, who's now his wife, Go Connor, uh, was uh, Love is an Open Door. And I was like, you know, that's like a villain song, right? Like, I was, I was yeah. in. It is a villain song. It is a villain song. Haas is a villain. Yeah. You know what we didn't do? Yeah. A binary review of this movie. I would say it's a one. I feel like you need to see it. I don't know that I would. I'm, I don't know that. I don't know that you need to see this one. I feel. Yeah, maybe it's not. It's not saying anything about the world or any art. But about what? It's not like changing the art, even in the genre. It's not like challenging much. I will say it does this in in a in a way that Disney normally doesn't. It, it kills the brother. Okay. Anna doesn't die. No, but like, since when has Disney been afraid to take family away from people? Okay. Well, their parents were already gone in this one, and then they kill. The I mean, brother. yeah, this is an extraordinary level of of death surrounding the hero the hero named hero yeah does this add anything to the superhero so that's, genre that's what i was gonna say is i just don't think it's not even that so much for me is like i sort of know what it's trying to say here but it it, it kind of hits too many messages and kind of only half hits them i think like if you don't come away from this thinking oh i have to i have to work as a team to succeed like i could i could see you missing that message i can definitely see you missing that message uh you know what this film does not do that i expected it to do maybe it does i don't know what do you think where do you land on revenge isn't the answer because hero and what is the big bad's name what is the professor professor callahan uh robert callahan yeah robert callahan are like their whole shtick is revenge that is what they're going for right and baymax like rather than just saying to hero like we have not talked about baymax at all which is wild i know baymax is such a great character yeah Uh, let's circle back to baymax but go finish what you're saying all i'm saying is like they they have to learn the lesson that revenge isn't the answer through like some different means like it's not just some verbal lesson and it's like nobody ever tells them getting even isn't going to make you feel better isn't going to bring tadashi back isn't you know what i'm saying and i think that's powerful because i think that's low-hanging fruit if you're writing the story is to have honey lemon tell him like you know stopping cal isn't gonna isn't right gonna bring and they Tadashi don't tell back. him that and they don't have that conversation with him especially when he's like yeah we gotta go stop this guy and he reprograms baymax to kill and they're all like whoa 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 no way you can't do that bro and like they didn't have a conversation about it but they're all on that page and i think that i get what they were trying to do there but i do think it detracts from the message a little bit there do you think they should have had that conversation no i i just think that if you're not gonna have the conversation i think there was a better way to write it it, it all just felt really rushed i can see that like you didn't they didn't let it hang in that moment of like oh wow hero just did a bad thing long enough there is a moment where they make cray seem like the bad guy i I just saw it on the screen tadashi notices him pocket the microbot yeah and it like it seems so painfully malicious right and then you realize later on that like uh, alistair cray never would do anything with it well he probably would have tried to do something with it but i don't think he's innocent either you know he's he still operated the experiment when there were irregularities when there was danger he saved face rather than safety right and he i I think he learned his lesson yeah i think you're right he continues to support the he continues to fund research projects and be like a a beacon for r&d right like i truthfully think he would have just gone about it the normal way and like tried to win tadashi over not tadashi um hero over you think you would have sent him a letter and been like hey i accidentally took this i'm so sorry but uh my offer still stands so 
No, I think he probably would just put it on his desk. Been like, that was a cool thing that that kid made. Ethan's photo zine is available for pre-order, I think. Go to ethanedgehill.com and you can pre-order his photo zine. It's called uh, Walk to Remember. It stars there will be Rachel a time. McAdams. <laughs> a Walk to Remember star Mandy Moore. Oh my God, how could I forget that? All things are better with Mandy Moore. <laughs> yeah, I'll drop a link for it in the uh, description of this episode. It is ethanedgehill.com. There are only two E's in Ethan Edgehill. Correct. Two E's total. Yeah. Ethanedgehill.com slash shop. You can just go to uh, the yeah, website. There, there are several more copies available before I have to make a decision. About the world. When to stop selling them. What if you just call like Barnes & Noble corporate and you're like, hello, I have a book for you to sell. Um, It's not entirely how that works. Hello. Can I sp- Like please? at some point it would be like I would I would talk to a publisher. Probably not a bookstore, like a publisher. Excuse me. Can I please speak with Mrs. Barnes and Mrs. Noble? So that I don't have to keep ordering them like a hundred at a time from a printer with my own wallet. I mean, okay, so they say to do it that way, but don't publishers take, like, mad commish, though? I mean, wouldn't it be easier to self-publish? I mean, yes, it it, it is, and but there, there would... If I'm selling it in Barnes & Noble, though, like, I don't have the... Not not only the resources, I don't have access to the kind of printing that would be required. I mean, if you call if you call Narns and Bobel and you're like, "Listen, Mrs. Narn, uh, buy my book, buy a hundred thousand copies of it." Right. If I so if I call if I call the company that I am printing with and I'm like, "Hey, I need." I know that I have I have previously ordered 150 or whatever. I need 100,000, which is ridiculous. That's that would never sell 100,000 copies. That is like what Harry Potter sells. <laughs> no, it's uh, Harry Potter a lot more than that. That would make me the number one New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. But either way, even if hell, I bet you if I called them and I was like, I need a thousand copies, they'd be like, Yeah, we can't do that. Really? Probably. I would have thought. Honestly, anytime I go to like, if I take a photo I really like on like a real camera and I go to a printing web, like a like a print your photos website, I always feel like my order is like frustratingly small to them. Like they see my order and like, ah, oh, we're losing money on this one. If he doesn't order at least ten thousand copies of this image, what's even? Oh no, the actually, point? it it looks like yeah, they would they would um cut you a deal. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, wait, wait. I didn't do this right. I'm curious. What about a million copies? <laughs> I would never. I would, If I sold a million copies of anything, I could retire, even with a publisher. I don't think you could retire. I think one day into retirement, you'd be like, I'm bored. No, I couldn't retire, but I could like, I wouldn't. It'd be one of those things. I'd have a Forrest Gump conversation where like, I don't have to worry about money anymore. <laughs> so that's... That's One pretty less nice. thing. If you had a, if you, if you sold, if, okay, so Ethan comes into $4 million overnight. That just, would be all of the weight in the world off my shoulders forever. Do you just buy a house and now you're done? Yeah. Where would you buy a house? I don't know. I'd probably buy two houses. Here in the Star City and then maybe one on Hilton Head Island. No. Do you remember Somewhere when, on the beach, though. I, I would like a beach house. Yeah, that'd do, be rad. Do you remember when we went to Hilton Head Island? Yes. It was the worst. Yeah. I would, I would like a beach house that I can like spend four months at and then come back like writing a book also yeah if i order a thousand copies from this website that i got that from they would they would cut me a deal but it would be a fat chunk of change coming out of my pocket it would be that would be scary that would be scary i believe you could do it but i would be scared i don't like i don't know how to tell you that buying a thousand copies of my photo book would stress me out i mean i don't think you need to tell me that it would stress me out yeah it would stress me out too so anyway, I have a, a certain number I need to hit before I need to make a decision. Because like I, I currently have ordered, I ordered more than enough. So far, I have not hit what I have ordered, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like I, there, there are more on the way than I have sold. It's a really cool project. If people don't Thank buy you. them, I don't trust those people. It's what, $12? I cannot stress this enough. 
you should have this. This is an important time in history that maybe not necessarily we want to remember, but I think is important to be remembered. And it may lead to a new normal. And this book really does a good job of capturing yeah, the I guess early I haven't stages talked about it on the show really is. at all. Yeah. So take Because some... the episode got lost. That's true. This is the first I was content going to... about book. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was going to insert a, like, insert into the into the Mandalorian that was lost about it. But yeah, okay. So I'll do that real quick. Um, I made a 40-page photo book called There Will Be a Time, basically about what lockdown and, and the whole thing from COVID has been like for Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, it was made over five days in the middle of April, and then I printed a bunch of books, and those sold out within three hours, and then I printed a bunch more books, and I have a few left before I need to order again. So uh, the link is in the description for this episode. It's ethanedgehill.com shop. I am donating 50% of profits to getusppe.org, which is a short-term fundraiser that's part of a firm, just like um, Americans Against Firearm Injuries, something like that. It's like an anti-gun uh, charity that has decided they're going to do a subset to get personal protective equipment to hospitals that need it during the coronavirus, the COVID-19 outbreak, which is probably about to ramp back up in the wrong direction, thanks to American governors. It's such a weird thing because it's it not invisible, right? So this is the first time we're really talking about this on the show. Right. Like we're really digging into COVID here. Um, I feel like we've gotten so far into it it's impossible not to talk about it. it yeah 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 and we're not youtubers it, this podcast is not going to get demonetized because we talked about it um no. basically this has been a wild ride for me who is sort of creating this project and and almost riding the like covid stock market basically what do you mean like by there that? was so there was when i when i printed it like when i i finished the the project on like april 24th or whatever mm -hmm. and put the order in and it was going to take a week maybe the maybe the 26th or 27th and it was going to take a week they got here on like may 6th or 7th something like that um maybe it was eight days i don't remember exactly the timeline but when i placed the order it sort of seemed like everything was winding down for a second. That I was like, man, I, I might really have missed the window and like people aren't going to buy it because they don't care anymore because like it might almost sort of be trending in the direction of over. And then by the time I had the books on my desk, things were opened back up like beaches in California and Florida and, and North Carolina had thousands and thousands of people on them. And and and, and we had saw an upswing in cases in Texas and they've had a, a breakout in Wuhan, the place where it started again. And like everything is bad again. And it's just been this wild like ride of, of 14 to 21 days where it's like everybody got mad and then they rebelled and then they resisted and then now it's bad again yeah and it, like additionally i think it's very uh, like l let me say this i the virus is real okay like i don't wear your masks be protective like be protected do social distancing do the the whole thing the experts that are telling you do all of that and do not argue with me on it because i i will disagree with you uh the impetus for me to do this project was was and for the reason i chose the charity that i chose and doing what i did was that i i read a story about a doctor in new york who went to work one day and was handed a new york yankees rain poncho to use for in in place of like the the full coverings and face masks and everything they were supposed to use that sucks they handed her like a like a like a regular surgical mask and a new york yankees rain poncho i wouldn't wipe my and this butt. is a this What's is a full-time physician at like New York Mercy Hospital. So we, so they need personal protective equipment. Yeah, there's many places in the country. We do not necessarily live in a place that is having a problem with it. Uh, otherwise, I, I would have put this money basically directly back into the valley. But it, it, we do not live in a place that has a problem with it. But there are huge gaps all over the country in these these hospitals can't keep because this stuff is disposable is the problem. It is like single use stuff that you have to use. And we did not have enough on hand in the United States to deal with something like this. No, we I mean, it's supply and demand and 
you can't plan for something like this. There has never been something that seemed more directly, and th this is not a conspiracy theory, this is just me saying this, that like feels like it was designed to kill America. Then this virus? This virus that will like punish you if you hang out with your friends. This thing is not like malaria, where like a first world country can just survive it because we can afford off bug spray and malaria pills. It doesn't work like that. Right. It is it is going to be more harmful. It doesn't care if you live in sewage or if you live in a bigot mansion in New York. If you are the person that's going to, you know, Americans are so wrapped up in this idea of like our personal freedom and not touching the, trusting the government and, and, and fake news and all this other bull that like it is a virus that is designed to just wipe out first world countries, especially, but especially the kind that's like going to protest a virus. Oh yeah. I can think it's of nothing It's going to storm dumber. the Michigan state house. It's so frustrating because like the, the idea is that like oh if you want to stay at home stay at home we don't want to stay at home and it's like yeah but i still need groceries and stuff right i also don't want i don't want you to die not you ethan you yeah. protester right it's like the protesters are standing out here saying well we don't care if we get sick and i'm like yeah but i care if you get sick i care if you ruin your lives doing this yes. not just not just because it affects me because it affects my girlfriend that works in the hospital but it affects your life man like it it is so disheartening the way that Americans have handled the situation, handled this situation. Yeah. And I get that, like, we're not the only ones doing this. We're just the ones that are loudest about it. I have friends in Australia and New Zealand that are um, on Facebook, people I used to, to work with at summer camp that I guess are the Australian and New, New Zealand equivalent of Republicans. I don't really know what the party system is like there, but like here's the people that are the people that are like, oh, it's it's fake news, mate. Coronavirus isn't real. Just go outside and hang out. And, you know, here's the thing that gets me about the people who say they don't trust the government, the government's lying to you. The government is lying to you about exactly this. They have taken what is a nonpartisan issue, a global pandemic, People are sick and dying. It is cut and dry evil. It is Dr. Evil wearing a shirt that says, I'm evil, I promise I'm right. the bad guy. And have turned it into a partisan issue. That is the part of government you shouldn't trust. The part that is telling you, hey, you should think that this is fake because the Democrats think it's real. Because the... Because the people with blue hair think it's real. Because of whoever thinks it's real. You should disagree with them. They're pushing a partisan issue on what is wholly nonpartisan. And I'm so sorry right. for saying the word partisan so much. And my peaks are coming through. You have Republican governors and Democratic governors alike closing their states because they're afraid for the welfare of their people. What you have is stupid governors on both sides of the aisle that are reopening the beaches. With, did none of you people watch Jaws? They didn't watch uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes either. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not even worried about that i'm specifically talking about north carolina did you not watch jaws ever probably ever? not no when the dude's like the dude's like reopen i want these beaches open for the fourth of july and that's north carolina right now except instead of a shark that could kill one person at a time it's 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 a lot worse than a shark man like this is the kind of thing that sharks have nightmares about yeah what if we got the sharks <laughs> anyway i that's that's enough covid talk and, enough and of course of course i just want to bring it around to one thing guys if you live in america murder hornets are not a problem please shut up about murder hornets please i am not an apiologist by any means but it takes four seconds of googling to realize they found one nest in eastern Washington. Have you ever met somebody from eastern Washington? They're like constantly threatened by attack of bears in their own home. Like there's a lot Skype more stuff out. going on in eastern Washington than bad bees. I think I lost you. Whoever just heard me rant about bees. I lost Tyler on the other end of that. Hey buddy. Oh, what's up buddy? What just happened? Uh, you just froze. Oh, weird. Yeah. Did you hear me rant about bees? I heard you rant about bees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all I was saying is that like 
There's a lot worse things in Eastern Washington than murder hornets. They found one nest. It's going to be fine. Uh, it's probably bad for bees, but probably not really bad for the general populace and definitely not the thing you should be worrying about instead of COVID. Correct. I agree with you. But like, obviously we latched onto the first thing we could find that's also scary, which is killer bees. And let me tell you what, you get stung enough times by any bees, you will die. I don't care if you're allergic or not. If you get stung by 300 hornets, regular hornets, you will die. Your heart will stop. Well, Ethan, I really don't want you to die. I'm not going to die. I don't hang out with bees. <laughs> do, you, do, do you avoid the bees? Usually I try to just let them chill, man. Save the bees. I would agree No mo-may or whatever. What? <sighs> That's an, uh, a campaign going around right now telling people to stop mowing their lawns for May to help bees... Um, Pollinate. pollinate in the important pollen season mm. and like lawns are bad and whatever and and there's a whole thing we can get into that is just not important right now anyway uh my book is available for for pre-order for the second edition it is at ethanedchill.com slash shop that is all i was trying to say please stay safe listen to your um federal not your federal listen to your state and local government please god don't listen to your federal government right now um listen to your state and local government follow regulations stay away from people stay home just be safe please be safe be smart yeah stay home listen to podcasts yeah listen to lots and lots of podcasts join the big and eggs discord and find a group of friends to play dungeons and dragons or mario kart or anything you want Really, yeah, or anything. We have an incredible group of people that are helping each other stay sane through this whole thing. And Jaboy is planning a second project, so that'll be fun. Wait, who's planning a second project? Me, Jaboy. Oh, I didn't know that. I will tell you this later. Well, I guess I could tell you now, but it's just more work for me. I'll tell you something after we're done recording this, but I may have received, I'm waiting to hear details, I may have received an extremely cool offer from all this. Well, that is cool. Let me know if that uh, comes to pass. Oh, you'll know. You won't, yeah, you, you will know. Will it affect me? No, oh. probably mm -hmm. not. I mean, ideally, it would raise my total profile to the point where more people would listen to the show. Well, that would be cool. I would like but that. It, it probably wouldn't affect you too much directly, but we'll see. All right. Well, well, well. Anyway, um, what movie did we cover? Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. Can I tell you the first time I heard about this movie, uh, how confused I was? Why? Because I thought I had missed 1 through 5 somehow. Oh, <laughs> no. I was like, what is Big Hero 6? Where did Big Heroes 1 through 5 go? Big Hero would be a bad name for a movie. I just, I thought that Baymax was the big hero because he was like a big chubby robot. He's so cute. Baymax is a great character. He is, he, every time that he speaks, I forget that it's going to be Scott Adsit on the other end and not like somebody with like a big, goofy, deep voice. Is that, I don't know who Scott Adsit is. Who is Scott that? Adsit, you would probably, look, Google him real quick. You'd probably recognize him. If not, I don't know. You might not. Oh yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. 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 I couldn't even point to what he's been in other than 30 Rock, but like. Yeah, but he's been in 30 Rock. I don't, but I don't know who he is on 30 Rock. I can't remember. I haven't seen 30 Rock in so long. The only people I remember are uh, Tracy Morgan and Kenneth and Liz Lemon and he's Jack Pete, Donaghy. Pete Hornberger. He's like a writer, right? Like just a regular like writer. No, he's like opposite Liz Lemon. Not opposite Liz Lemon. That would be Jack, but like he's. He plays a writer, but he's like one of the main characters. Yeah, but he's just like a normal guy, basically. Yeah, normal, normal man. Um, but I always expect him to be like, I'm Baymax. Because oh. he's so big and fluffy, and I'm like, I figured it'd be like Brad Garrett or somebody. Well, how like, wrong I'm Baymax, were you? your personal healthcare companion, I guess. <laughs> Hello.
Baymax, personal healthcare companion. Oh my God. Patrick Warburton, Baymax would have been great. I can only leave if you say you're, I can't do it. And it's gone. It's gone. I can only leave if you say you're satisfied with your care. I've been working on voices lately and they're all gone. Every time I try one, it goes away. Uh, 50% of the time I can do an extremely good Warburton. The other 50%? It's, it's a, it's not great. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sleepy, Ethan. (laughs) No, you're, you're actively asleep. Is the... Oh, yes. Every every moment that I am awake, I am doing a Patrick Warburton impression. <laughs> Most Howdy often. Yokes. It is Welcome impre- back to Bacon and Eggs. Except you don't say that. I'm Patrick Warburton here for Bacon and Eggs. If Patrick Warburton wants to come on the show. If Patrick means- Warburton wants to come on the show, yeah, I will talk about literally whatever with Patrick Warburton. For the 90 minutes. For as many minutes as he wants to talk to us. So I want to talk more about Baymax. Uh, yeah, Baymax is such a good character to hang this movie around for sure. Because like at the end of the day, he's not super, super important to the story. I mean, he's like heroes linked to Dadashi. Yeah, but like you could, you, there's a there's a version of this story that you could write without Baymax. You and I think you would have a perfectly serviceable movie. Where Hero finds like a letter or something instead. Yeah. I mean, he's like a, he he's like, he's the comic relief. I think Fred's supposed to be the comic relief. Oh wait, Fred's it's a good. suit. Fred's a good character, man. I like that Fred uh, narrates everything that he's doing. That makes me chuckle. He just makes me chuckle throughout the whole thing. I love his costume. I love how into it he gets. He's like, oh man, superhero time. He yeah. like calls out the tropes and stuff about the villain. Yeah. Oh, so this is a revenge but what plot. I love, what I love about Baymax, and it was obviously the first thing they thought about with this movie is like, how Baymax relates to physical space. What do you mean? Which is always always a thing that's like kind of weird in animated movies. Like animated characters are generally extremely good at like existing and navigating through space. You mean like pliable? Yeah, pliable, but also like there's always a scene where an animated character like knocks something off of a table and catches it with their foot just like casually better at stuff than people are and baymax is not and baymax is not and he has to you know he takes up a lot of space for this for san francisco right and which i can't believe that i thought this was pixar with a place like san francisco i can't believe i thought it was disney i mean it is but that doesn't sound like a disney name no i mean this is yeah i i would if if illumination was like a thing then i might have thought this was an illumination movie when did despicable me come out that was before this right yeah but i mean it wasn't they weren't like a that wasn't like a like a thing yeah yeah, Despicable Me was 2010. That's all. Yeah, but like, you know, they, they had Despicable Me. Yeah, they didn't have like the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Miranda Cosgrove looks a, a solid five years old in Despicable Me in this photo in the voice boot. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? But yeah, no, Baymax is a very cool, like, character just to watch him interact with everything. Like, when he has to, like, squeeze around the bed, like, knocks all the books off. And, like, he's he's very quick when he's off screen because, like, he gets out of the house and into traffic immediately. Right. If he's off screen, he can do anything. Hiro turns around and is like, Baymax? And then you hear cars screeching, and it's been, like, four seconds. And then later, he's just waddling through it. He's like, I am not fast. I am slow. Harry, baby. <laughs> yeah. Him being, him being like drunk when he's low on battery is incredible. It's a good, it's a good feature to include. Low battery. And again, it's just, you see how, especially this is, this is a thing Disney's always been good at is like writing the rules around a character. Like you could make a character sheet for Baymax and like play Baymax. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a more Baymax. Right, there's anybody could write more Baymax. There's a set of parameters in which Baymax exists that like you could make a passable Baymax. Anybody could. Right. Baymax will always choose healing if he can. Right. Yeah, the way he functions, the way he thinks about the world, the way he navigates through space, it is baked into his character. I like Baymax. Baymax is a good character. He's a good one. He's a good one. Big He's old good. big old puffy robot guy. 
Good cop comes from a family. He's a good cop. Comes from a family of good cops. I, One day I'm gonna get you to watch that movie. This is a lot more Iron Man than uh, we've we've given it credit for. It even has the like. Well, yeah, Baymax has the Iron Man suit for sure. Well, like Baymax has like a Mark One Iron Man suit and then a Mark Two, and he also like like it all starts because Tadashi is next to an explosion, uh, which teaches him about like the only person that ever loved him. Yeah, I mean it's 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 Iron Man in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Oh, and there's the flying sequence. Oh, it's good. Good. I, it, oh yeah, there, there's sequences lifted straight from Iron Man. Yeah. There's like the the flying sequence. You almost feel like he's gonna fly as high as he can. Like truthfully, I, as soon as he started, he took off. I was like, they're gonna see how high he can go before it gets I too had, cold. Uh, I had this is the one thing I misremembered was I thought that Baymax was gonna have to fly into the portal like straight up in the air to rescue the person. Right. And and then there was gonna be like a does he fall th- back through? Does he fall back through? And, and and like yeah just like the one whatever movie iron man does that. i guess avengers one it's the avengers yeah <laughs> yeah the tesseract yeah he has to drop like a bomb in there a nuke they were ready to nuke new york city yeah they were the battle of new york do you think government just really, got like a way it really with that? scarred tony stark <laughs> and then everybody panned that movie that he was scarred in yeah he's scarred throughout the rest of the series right i mean he yeah, tries to kill himself i, I just i just want to I just want to hit back on the unfair treatment of Tony Stark in Iron Man 3. <laughs> I can't wait for Big Hero 8 with all the, you know, the Christmas themed film with all the different Baymax suits. Well, Big Hero 8 would be all women. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Honey Lemon and Friends. Honey She's Lemon, the only one that says Hero's name with a Japanese accent. Hiro. Hiro. The only one out of all of them. Even Tadashi. I love all the character names. I love all the characters themselves. I love this movie. I do, I really but like, do. I don't get enough of them. I just don't like, I don't care about Gogo and Wasabi at all. Because I don't know anything about them. Yeah. You just it had to say Gogo for me to remember. Yeah. I remember Honey Lemon because Honey Lemon is such a weird name. I guess so are Gogo and Wasabi, but Honey Lemon sticks. Yeah. Honey Lemon's a better name. She also has like just generally more dialogue. And she yeah. has like a turning point moment when she locks Baymax's uh, chip. Yeah. She's, she's more interesting than the rest of them. Yeah, well, I think we're about. But yeah, just so the scene where they all fail because they're not working together is so heavy-handed. Where Damon Wayans is sitting there going, "Seriously, does anybody have a plan?" Yeah, it's it's like it's like frustrating. It's like yeah, surely- as, a, as an adult watching it, I'm like, okay, you're d- do better than this. You're all supposed to be the smartest of your of your age, and you can't put together teamwork. Like you're supposed to be smart in that you have progressed beyond. I'm smart for the sake of being smart, well, and, and now that I was the thing is all of these people were screwed over by group projects in college. Clearly, right. <laughs> <laughs> Where they did all the work. Right. You can hear that happening. <laughs> I don't think they would mind, honestly. This group, they seem pretty yeah, okay no, with being that the was one a, that, that does all the work. Uh, and clearly, they don't do all the work. They go to like an incredible tech institute where they are given like free reign to a robotics lab. And do whatever they want with it. <laughs> yeah. Which I would, I'm not a robotics guy, but I would love to have a robotics lab where I could make stuff. Yeah, I would do that so I would love much. to have a workshop where I could like build a chair. Well, too bad, Ethan. No workshop for you. I maintain that this that there there should be workshops that you can rent by the hour. Well, that seems like, like a, that seems like a real liability. Like a power like power tools and stuff where you can go like well, if I want to go build a chair, I can go build a chair. Seems like they would really need to check your credentials before they let you in that room. I mean, probably, but like, okay, so all right, yeah. I mean, if they if you're cool with that, as long as I got your wall, like, I don't have like a a place that I can have a workshop, let alone the capital to build a workshop and buy all the power tools, but I, they, I feel like the barrier for entry for building things is too high in America. I feel like, it's, maybe it's because I have a lot of tools. I feel like it's not that high. Like, right, I don't think you just have to be a homeowner to be able to build a chair. Can you use a hammer in your office, in your apartment? I mean, yeah. And your neighbors wouldn't be like, hey, man, hey, I know it's I mean, three in the afternoon, but can you 
Can you turn it down a little? A scooch? A skosh? Uh, I mean, they might. I don't know. Can you turn it down a skosh? I've hammered a bunch in this apartment. I have hung a bunch of things. Really? Yeah. I feel like I don't use my hammer that much. I'm completely surrounded by... Um, Nails, sounds like. Just stuff on the walls. You're supposed to hammer a nail into the wall and then hang the thing on the nail. Or screw, like drill a screw well, in. Yeah, the things are hung on the nails. You didn't just hammer them into the wall, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't just smash posters Sponge into Bob the wall. once ran into a wall in our house <laughs> when you and I lived together. Yeah, I did not do that. I hung, I hammered nails into the wall and then hung things on the nails. Okay. Because I am an adult and I am tired of recommand stripping things. So you're just going to deal with the... Uh, with the, the holes. I'd, honestly, I would rather patch a hole at this point. Then recommand strip something a hundred times. Yeah, but you're like, are you not gonna patch the hole? You're just gonna like deal with the with the fee when you move out. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of holes. I might just invest in like some spackle and just cover them up. Yeah, got got to spackle that. Yeah, got to spackle that. Get a little. Uh... Anyway, it's time to wrap. Ethan, did you know that? I did. Okay, so on to the big board of movies. We've recovered uh, or recovered, reviewed a lot of really good films this year. Uh, yeah, I so, don't think this one's going to be super, super duper high on the big board, honestly. I'm going to go right in the middle for my first question. Where do you All land right, on... I'm the, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me pull the big board up. Okay. The gra Grande board. Grande Mucho Largo Bordo. Yeah, okay. I'm looking right um, in the middle at Unicorn Store. Now, it's definitely not Moana. Like, I know that. Oh, this is better. This is not better than Mary Poppins' original. Okay, if you say so. Uh, I mean, like, legitimately, I would rather watch the original Jumanji. The original, like, 90s Jumanji? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this whole area right here is like, I'm not going to put this on. Ah, uh, Tarzan? Zombieland? You don't care for Tarzan, so we'll skip that question. Zombieland? I mean, I God, I feel I feel like I'm doing a disservice to this movie, but legitimately, if you ask me whether or not, what, if you made me pick between this and Zombieland, I'd rather watch Zombieland. Okay. But I would rather watch this than Birds of Prey. You know, we did the, uh, uh, you know, the community review of the list. Uh, a lot of people said Birds of Prey was too low. What is the name of this movie? Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. I mean, that's the thing is we reviewed a lot of good movies. I know we keep saying that every week, but we have reviewed more good movies this year. More, like, separate good movies. Yeah, it's harder to, like, it, like... It is much harder in my mind to compare 10 Things I Hate About You and Knives Out than it is to compare Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Right. Um, Knives I mean, Out wins that argument every time. I, I agree. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying they're, they're very different films. I was thinking about Knives Out today. Why was I thinking about Knives Out? Because you very Rick. much liked it. I do, but there was something about this movie that reminded me of Knives Out. Or maybe it was something about the conversation we were having this morning. I don't remember. But I thought about the Ryan Johnson uh, interview about the, the GQ one where he talked about the phones. Anybody in this movie have a phone? Um, probably. I don't know. I don't remember. Not offhand. Um. God, what was it? I don't remember. Me neither. What else do we do at about, the end of the show? Something about Ryan Johnson. What else do we do at the end of the show? We, um, give plugs and we uh talk about vaishan and andy that's it there's not like one other thing that we're supposed to do we give them breakfast food, but like I we, thought, yeah i don't know if you've been keeping up with that though well i will give it back to them this week i'll give it to the community on the breakfast yeah. food uh okay we do a promo we do um our plugs and we talk about the people that we work with all right well thank you so much for listening to this episode of bacon and eggs uh this show is a production of wbne which is a network that ethan and i own and operate so if you like this show you're gonna like the shows that we have handpicked to be a part of our network there's a bunch of really really cool stuff there's like broadway stuff there's dungeons and dragons there's 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 relationship stuff there's deep literature stuff there's something i'm forgetting oh the uh, tolkien there's tolkien and you should absolutely listen to one of the 
shows that we have on the network. Uh, and you can go to WBNE.org to see all the different shows that we have available. Uh, I would recommend any of them, obviously. But this week, I do want to highlight uh, That's What I'm Talking About, which stars Mary Clay Watt. She's absolutely hilarious. She's the best. Um, and she's currently on Return of the King. There's not really any barrier of entry. I think you can pick it up at like at any point. They're just really funny. You don't need to read the books. And she synopsizes it well. She reviews it with a friend. Anyway, there's a preview for the show right here. Howdy, Tolks! Join me, Mary Clay Watt, on my journey through Lord of the Rings for the very first time. Each week, I have fans on as guests so we can discuss the books one chapter at a time. From WBNE, that's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday wherever you get podcasts. I'm Ethan Edgehill, and you can find me anywhere on the internet at WowNow on Twitter. That's W0WN0W. I really got to change my freaking Twitter handle. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Edgehill Photos with one E in the whole handle. Just one solitary E. One E. No one O's. E. Yeah, there are O's. They are not zeros. The, yeah, the O's in photos are not zeros. <laughs> yeah, Edgehill Photos, but the O's are, zero, are O's. Yeah, those are those. Um, and you can find Tyler anywhere on the internet at AmeriCarlin, and you can find the show at Bacon and Eggs Pod, as well as you can join our super free Facebook group where we're having a bunch of fun. We're gonna vote on the breakfast food there. And all sorts of fun things are happening. As well as you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and join our Discord server and get bonus content and do all kinds of fun stuff. Um, our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon at graphite.vmb on Instagram. And our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, andrewscottbellmusic.com. Uh, I've been Ethan Etchell, he's been Tyler Carlin. And until next week, arrivederci. And I hope you learned your lesson, bonehead.